Welcome to the ByteCast, a bi-monthly startup-focused podcast from the guys behind 8Bytes. We're going to be chatting about everything that's needed to start your product, from inception all the way through to product launch, uh, with loads of tips and tricks that we've learned along the way. Let's get started. Let's do it. Welcome to episode four of the Bikecast. Today we're going to be talking about MVP, planning, sprints, lots of different things. So today I have with me Adam from Bytes. Hey, how's it going? And Chris from Dwelldown. What's going on, guys? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, yeah. Every, every Friday is a happy Friday. <laughs> okay, so I think the first thing we want to talk about here is um, MVP. It's, it's a word, I think, um, one of the words we hear most often, I think, in our line of work is MVP. Um, and I don't feel like people talk about it a lot. So minimum viable product. So what's your understanding of that, Adam? Well, it's kind of in the name, right? Minimum viable product. It's We talked um, over the last few weeks about coming up with your idea, validating it, and turning it into a business. But what actually happens when you start to build it? You need to start thinking about all the features, list them out, and at that point you need to figure out what's your core features that are going to fix this problem you validated. And that's what your MVP is. It's basically the minimum amount of features that your product can survive on. And it's all about just getting that built, getting it out there, and getting your users, getting, well, potential users using it as soon as possible. Right. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a pretty good point. And obviously, uh, we keep hitting on the um, minimal, word minimal. Yeah. And, I, and that's obviously for a reason. But I think it's, it's very important that the product is, is to the point, right? You need it to have, it needs to be straight to the point of the core about the product. Especially at this very early stage, you just need to be fixing that initial problem and if you're adding fluff and features that aren't going to help you in that it's really not going to be helping you at this point and it's something you can't afford to be doing no and and don't let it and and don't be fooled or don't be intimidated and just because the product is simple you're not going to get anything out of it i right. i almost think it's just the opposite like no matter how simple the product is and if it's at the core if it's focused around the core features you will be getting a good data good data out of there or data that you'd be able to build on yeah i think um no one really gets there the first time either. I think the first time you try to build an MVP, it won't be an MVP. You'll have things in it you don't need. Like you need to get told a few times you <laughs> yeah. don't need that. You, you can, don't need. You that. can get very worried that you know you go to bed and you start thinking about this. This is what we've shoeboxed the product as. And you're, oh, but but it doesn't do this. Or it doesn't do that. <laughs> People aren't going to use it. You just you really got to just cut it back down to the very minimum at this point. Yeah, you like, gotta you gotta be open to change in that sense. You gotta you gotta allow people to strip the bits away and don't allow feature creep. I mean, the longer you think about it, the more you're like, "But we do need this." And it's like, "No, yeah. you don't." And then you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you end up calling us and you're like, "Guys, we need this feature." Like, okay, wait. You know, think about it for an hour or two. Call us back and see if it's something you think you really need. Just go for a walk and calm down. There's been definitely some sleepless nights or some early hour waking up I, I wasn't gonna say, with those thoughts. I wasn't going to say it was you. I was trying to... <laughs> trying to uh, the, three, the 3 a.m. wake-up calls and writing in the notepad. Exactly. <laughs> so I think I think that kind of logically moves on to the next the next piece, which is talking about planning. I think the way we think about things here, generally the MVP is the, is the first... Um, it's definitely the first step. It's the first step. And sometimes it, it even ends up being kind of the first iteration of the product nearly. It actually, you know, it sits out there for long enough that it's not just a quick validation. Um, so planning is definitely something that we spend a lot of time doing here. Yeah. Yeah, like you're saying, the MVP is the first rung on the ladder nearly. You, um, 
it's always really good to know where you're going, like the top of the ladder is the goal, and you kind of have an idea how you're going to get there, but the MVP should really be focusing, should really be focusing your product from the beginning and from there learning what your users are doing, you know, you're going to actually build upon that. It's good to know where you're going, but it's also good to be open to change. Exactly, it's like walk, walk, or crawl before you walk, so it is. Yeah. and then, uh, and, and if it's, if it's focused around, if you build it at the first iteration around the core of your product, not only are you collecting really good data, but you're also starting to understand the user flow, right? So then you can kind of funnel the users in, in, in different in different areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think breaking it into chunks is something we do a lot of here. Um, people, mm-hmm. like normal people, like anyone would, comes in with a uh, complete idea mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the time. Some people don't, but a lot of people come in with a complete idea of, you know, this is what I want, this is what it's going to do. Um, and it's breaking that into chunks that are more... I suppose viable in an economic sense and in terms of just building a product as well um trying yeah. to break it down into here's maybe what that first version looks like you know the mvp and then here's what maybe v2 looks like we can build from there and it kind of gives more as we talked about the last day kind of this um kind of scalable and also just brings more comfort to be able to you know build it over time rather than trying to release mm. this huge block at once it yeah it definitely gives you um a better route to market because we're going to come and we're going to tell you this is how much the MVP is going to be. This is what we propose. Um, and this is what we expect the next part to be in the next part. It really gives you an idea of like how much the total product could cost you, but also how to get there. And it gives you you know, a route a route to getting that done. Is there like a, a specific language or a specific uh, app or web base that you guys would propose to build it on for your clients? Or is it a case-by-case basis? Yeah, it's very much case-by-case. Um uh, like we were saying before, we love doing the MVP type of thing, and that usually means getting it quick. Mm. We hate spending months on projects. It needs to be you know, like a month or two max mm. is really how long we want to be spending on the MVP because it just needs to get out there. Okay. We don't want to be wasting the client's money too. And in that case, a lot of the time we might um, we might go with a, a simpler, a simpler was not the right word, but maybe a, a quicker to market um, framework. Okay, you can you could waste a lot of time now getting uh, spending a lot of time sinking into. A different kind of framework but it's just it's not worth it for you at this time okay. not saying that it's any way inferior it's still really really good really quick but you're not the size of google or hubspot or intercom that can have the resources basically to to build this whole foundation sure yeah, I guess. You, you don't need it i mean um the stuff that we build here is is massively you know the scalability is huge for, mm-hmm. for what we build and we've always built things that way but I mean, if you're talking about getting into those guys, you know, Google, all these huge companies, when people start thinking that way, I mean, if you get to that problem, that's a great problem. You're going to be very wealthy. <laughs> Don't worry about it, right? Yeah, you know, there's, exactly. there's this step yeah, as well. Yeah. It's like, this will do you for, you know, the way we're building things will do you for a long, long time. If you end up being a billion dollar corporation, sure. that's a whole separate set of worries you'll have yeah. down the road. What, hopefully you've outgrown us by that how, point. <laughs> how difficult of, the, of a conversation is that with your clients? If I come in here, like I obviously am one of your clients, but like, um, we we kind of were able to break my my idea down pretty pretty easily. Um, but I would say the percentage of people walking in here saying this is my idea, this is the the grand scheme, and then you say okay, uh, we can let's break this down into the core product. Like, how hard is that? Like, what what's that process? I think it's it's actually quite logical for us. I think when we look at it now, I think over time we just get better at it. I mean, mm-hmm. we've meetings every week and we've meetings this week where as soon as they start telling you about the product, you're already thinking of the components. Okay. And you're thinking of nearly pricing each bit of them as well. Kind of like, okay, so 
in your head you're thinking okay so they need this where it's an app component or a web component or apis or whatever and you're thinking of all the different ways they can come together okay we're going to need the apis sunk it needs to happen and then okay they could have an app and they could have a website or they could just start with a web you know mm-hmm. you're doing all the combinations in your head i think it's just natural for us now because it's, it's how we work um about all from, the time how about from the client's point of view like it is. I mean, I'm just imagining their faces when they're when you're when you're going. I, I think somewhere. most of them, most of them are actually pleasantly surprised. Okay, uh, you could quite easily go into somewhere, say, "This is my idea," and like, "Okay, cool, we'll give you a price for the whole thing." People are very happy to do that. It's unusual in the sense that a client will come in, so you go into eight bytes and with your idea, and they're actually trying to make you spend less money. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, that is a true <laughs> We're story. like. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's no point in spending your entire budget on your project right now like we want you to do well here you know yeah. take a step back build something that's usable get people using it and like we talked before make a sustainable company that can sure. actually make a bit of money so we get more money out of you in the long run yeah, it's <laughs> say, yeah. <laughs> that money comes back to us <laughs> you build a relationship yeah. okay. we're just, it's just cash that's flow a nice way we're just trying to deal it. with our cash flow we don't want it all at once that's a nice way of saying it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's very much how we think about planning. Um, it's super super important. It's it's a very interesting process by itself. Uh, um, different for all the different people as well. Like the, your point of how do the clients deal with it? I was just thinking about some of our bigger clients come in, and they've kind of we don't do it with them. Uh, some of our more established companies because they've done it themselves already. Mm-hmm. By the time they come to us, they've already gone through that whole process. Sure. So it's kind of just ready to go. But generally, we do it. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, working with. Our clients trying to reduce yeah. reduce down ideas and <laughs> it's actually the fun part. I think it's yeah. it's it's uh, really good to see someone's eyes light up when they come into us with an idea, and then we have to put the brakes on. It's great watching their face go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So design sprints. Um, these are, are rel- relatively new, I suppose. People talking about design sprints. I mean, the last it's, couple of years, yeah. the Google when the sprint book came out, really it kind of kicked these things yeah, off. It's becoming more of a public thing, I guess. Google have been using it for years, right? Um. It's Google Ventures, was it? Yeah, it's Google, Google? yeah it's, I can't remember the name of the guy, but um, I believe it was used in the initial version of Hangouts um, okay. and a few other other products like that. It's it's really like the initial idea for Hangouts was created from this and they validated to see if there's actually maybe something here that's useful, um, something that we can build upon and getting feedback as well. It's, it's generally a week-long process where you start off, start off with your problem and then you get everyone in a room. You're like, okay, let's come up with solutions to this. Um, by the middle of the week, then you pick your best solutions and you start to build a prototype. Like these things can be, like we said before, you can use things like balsamic. Um, you can use paper, whatever it is. Sure. It really depends. Like your product could be a physical thing as well. So maybe three D printing or something like that can give you a prototype. And then towards the end of the week, the idea is to actually get um, prospective users using it to have user study groups, things like that. Ask them questions and get feedback from that idea. And then really by the end of the week. Like in a five-day process, you've taken your problem, found solutions, built a prototype, mm-hmm. tested it with users, and got really, really valuable feedback. And it's it's really a great way to kick off any project. Yeah, and it's and it's definitely the, the point when it really gets real as well. I mean, obviously, your past, like you, you, you make it the the core product, and then you're like, all right, let's are we gonna start launching it and testing? Right. So, yeah. Or at the again at the end of it, you might be like, no, it's not the way to go. It comes back to validation again. It's kind mm. of like a fast-tracked version of that. Um, it's it very hands-on. Like, it reminds me of the lean startup, but in an even shorter loop, right? The lean startup was kind of builds, you know, um, whatever. Yeah. Just, but I think it's it's just much tighter. It's like in a week rather than over. Yeah, you know, it's hands-on. It's, it's the the process Google goes through is nine to five every day with an hour or half an hour, an hour for lunch, and you're just hands-on 
continuously in a meeting room. They have a no devices rule, so you have no phones, no laptops. If you want to go take a phone, you call you outside. But it's very much just focused on the product and kind of getting engrossed in it nearly. Maybe going a bit mad as well. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> but it, it does really work. The, the results at the end of the week are, are brilliant. And uh, that's actually something we're trying to do now. At 8 we're looking into doing more, running more of these workshops because it will be a fit for some of our clients to really validate it at such an early stage. Well, I, also, I also think, I mean, coming from the client's point of view, it's that uh, I think it's, that offers great value. Yeah. Because uh, you really don't, like, obviously I don't have a technical background. I, I assume some of your clients or a good amount of them don't either. Yep, that's so correct. When, yeah, so when you when when they're able to sit down with you and, and see you guys kind of have, break down their problem mm-hmm. and kind of simplify it and show them the best way to do it, they're probably like, whoa. Yeah, it's pretty. It makes sense to them. It's great for them as well to bring, maybe they don't have a, a co-founder or anything, it's just themselves like yourself in the mm-hmm. startup, like you don't you don't necessarily have any more founders or anyone working in the startup just to bring in your friends and family as well. People who wouldn't necessarily go through a process like that or have really any product focus. It's really great just to have loads of random people working on this. You'd be surprised at the the solutions that normal people come up with and how they'd expect it to work. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great, um, I think it's a great thing to do. I think the you know the, the point for people maybe listening at home and people who are going through it is the cost of, of doing a week versus yeah. the cost of maybe developing for a week. But it is actually saving you money in the long run. I think one thing our clients learn when they come in here is that some of the steps that we do, while you might be like, oh, no, I want to do this, I want to do that, we're actually saving you money in the long run. We're trying to build things step by step. So if anything happens, you can, you can sure. leave it at that step, right? Mm-hmm. But if you go all in with all your money at the start, then you're all in it you know you put all your chips on the table if it doesn't work it doesn't work but at least if you're doing it iteratively with you know doing a, a sprint up front trying to figure out what's your mm-hmm. your problem and your uh, your solution and so on and so forth and then building your v1 and so on and so forth you're, you're doing it step by step and it's it's more sustainable yeah it's, it's building product off, off of validation and, and, and product resonation you know is it, is it resonating with the, with the users in, yep. in which way so i think it's extremely smart another point there is if the startup is actually looking to go down the funding route, this is a really, really key thing you can be doing early on for a relatively small amount of money in the long run that can be getting you huge results trying to actually find funding, you know, solidifying what your, your product is, what it will be, and again, validating that there's a market and an idea there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about user flows. Um, user flows are... <laughs> yeah, woo <laughs> User flows are interesting. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, it's something I've been thinking about recently with some of the work I've been doing and stuff like that. Um, so how, how do you find user flows or what do you like to do with them, Adam? What's your go-to when it comes to drawing out user flows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking back to a, a previous podcast where Owen says it's a it's a, a trap to get into, but we'll forget about that for now. <laughs> uh, I actually think they're a big help. Um, when we start a project here, we use a product called Arbor. Um, I believe it's still in beta, and we'll have a link in the show notes, but basically it's it's based around the idea of taking your product, listing out all the different characters are going to be using it. So, for example, maybe in Dwell Down, there'd be the end user, the admin, who is you, who has like a back-end mm-hmm. system, who would have various features there, um, and you might have the landlord as well. So there are three different characters that interact with the system. And what you do is you basically list out every single action they can take in the system. And this can take a little while, but it's really, really worthwhile. So you, you list out all the, the different actions they can take on this software, uh, and that will then feed into all the features. So you can from there you can say, okay, this is this feature, this is that feature, etc. And then when it comes to actually 
deciding how to build these, you can put, um, I can't remember the scale of it, but basically you can put a, a number beside it on how difficult this feature will be to create. And it's a, what do you call it, scale? Is it Fibonacci? It could be Fibonacci, yeah. Which is that amazing natural number that appears everywhere. So it makes sense to, to put it into the birth of your project. Anyway, <laughs> use the, the Fibonacci scale. So you put in maybe a one beside this feature and then you put in a two by the, beside the next feature and that's indicating that the second feature is twice as difficult to create as the first one. Jesus, yeah. It's, it sounds difficult, but by the end of it, you can you start yeah. to go like, okay, this is what a one is in your head. Okay, that's a two, that's a four, that's an eight. It's a really quick process, but at the end of it, it goes, okay, this is going to take you X number of weeks based on how many of these numbers you can get done in the week, so your manpower kind of thing. So at the end of the week, you'll get this, or sorry, at the end of the process, we'll say, this is going to take eight weeks uh, to get all these features done, and it'll actually give you a cost if you put that in there as well. Oh, wow. Um, like it's it, it takes maybe about half an hour to an hour. Yeah, to it's very valuable in, for us, but it's actually also very valuable for our customers as well. I think yeah. one of the things we've learned lately, we're always improving here, <laughs> is that we do a lot of this work implicitly in our mm -hmm. own, not only not in our own heads, but we do it upstairs in a way that we don't. It, mm -hmm. The transparency to the customer is not as good as it as it could be our clients. Um, so one of the things we're trying to do is to maybe make it more apparent our, our thoughts in these things um, and make sure that our clients have the same visibility over all the user flows as we do because mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in your in your head that you don't realize are only in your head until people start talking to you and you're like, yeah. oh, I should really get this somewhere for you. You, know? uh, you guys are making me laugh so hard because I'm, I'm thinking of user flows. I'm thinking of napkins, logins, <laughs> and, and, and going to what page you guys are talking about Fibonacci scales, difficulty of building it. it, it, it it's It's... I don't think a lot of people knew how how intense it was. There it is. Yeah, uh, it's like it's. This is something we've learned over the last few years as well. So it's kind of stuff that you put in place at the beginning of a project really, really makes it a lot easier down the line. So this is kind of part of our process that we will do after. Well, it, uh, it offers great. I think you even broke it down. Like obviously with your with your workshops and you do spend time breaking this down. I mean, it's great value for for the client to understand that. Like I, you yeah. know, yeah. This would probably this would be more before a build than after a workshop, but mm. like. We always love having people in here just for a chat to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. We try to be open with everything we do. Um, we're always open for more ideas and doing things better. Right. So yeah, we're for, we're for learning us it also, all the time as well. Yeah, for us it also gives us like a pricing aspect and things to it as well. So I think that's the kind of the difficulty sometimes with articulating it all to the, uh, the client is that we're actually we're doing it for similar, well, the same reasons for most of the time, but then there's also this pricing element which we're using it for. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to get the points that they need to get across to them while also doing the bit of work we need to do yeah, to our homework essentially two steps to it the first figuring out all your features which is a really good step to take and secondly right. then we add on how long it's going to take and right. how much that might cost right. but the, the initial feature is a great thing to go through for any startup oh, yeah. list out all your users list out all your features and it really gives you again another another element of what this product is right. yeah and it's, it's definitely i think it's very important to understand who are your users? Who are the different users? Like you said for me earlier, you said landlords, the renters, the students. There, it might fall under one segment, but but there's several different segments in in under the under the renters or under mm -hmm. under whatever vertical you're you're working in. Right, and the product the product could work differently for each person. Exactly. So again, the user flows will will tell you that. Yeah. Our, our next uh, next point is wireframes. Talk a little bit about wireframes here, which is kind of funny. I actually, Adam found one of my wireframes yesterday. Um, <laughs> in, in the scanner. <laughs> in the scanner. It had, so what uh, the hell is this? Ended up, yeah, with uh, some very crude drawings. Wireframes are... That was actually my drawing, I believe. Oh, was it your drawing? I feel better now. The crude man. The cr crude man drawing. Um, wireframes are, are uh, you know, a critical um, 
mm-hmm. a critical stage in any pro- in any project is, is building up the wireframes. Chris, how did you how did you get on with this? This is uh, you guys laugh at this all the time. I think we talked about it earlier in, in one of the earlier. Uh, I just want to make sure it ends uh, yeah. up in here and crystallized. Uh, this was, to be honest with you, this was very intimidating for me um, when people brought up wireframes and and uh, I I didn't really didn't know what to do because I I tried doing myself i wasn't on balsamic but i knew about balsamic and i forget the the program i used but it, it looked mm-hmm. it looked like crap and then i just kind of the point though yeah exactly but you don't I, you don't realize that as yeah a, you, you know kinda, this needs to be look brilliant i need to bring in something really professional to these guys but exactly because you want to be kind of taken seriously but the reality is you just have to draw out your 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 thing so i through speaking to people and through networking i was able to you know they were like you have it drawn out right like I was like, what do you mean do I have my wireframes drawn out? Like, I'm like, I can't do it technically. It's driving me nuts. They're like literally drawn out on a piece <laughs> of paper. That's all you really need. And I and I was like blown away. And that's what I came in here with. And it was, you guys were able to see. Side fact, I'm, I'm a designer who can't draw. <laughs> but my wireframes are absolutely beautiful. Hot fire. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think wireframes are, are again, key. They, they follow on nearly from the user flow side of things. So you mm-hmm. put out your user flows, you pick out your features, and from there you can start to think about the screens of the product or how things might be laid out. Um, again, like we are talking before, low-fidelity mock-ups can just be blocks, basically. Just like This is where I think the navigation might go. This is how I think the the thing might flow, but it's it's a perfect place to start. If someone comes into us with user flow, wireframes, and an idea how they're going to make money, we're all over. It's just like, like <laughs> the best client ever. The trifecta, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like those Venn diagrams. If you're the one in the middle, oh my god, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't happen too often. Yeah, no, you'd be pro- pretty good. You'll get a good. proposal today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give us fifteen minutes. Yeah. We'll do it for free. My god. <laughs> But uh, yeah, wireframes are key. Um, there's different levels to it again. Like you're saying, low fidelity, medium fidelity, high fidelity. It's definitely a process to work your way up. But just start with the low fidelity things and uh, start to figure out how you think these features will be laid out. And that's where you came to us sure. with your things that were, I would say, pretty pretty beautiful. <laughs> I used a ruler. Oh. It's your first interaction with the product, though. I mean, uh, it's, it's important in that sense. It's the first time yeah. some people see all the features that are going to get built together in one place, right? There's a lot of people who come in with things in their head or with little bits of pieces, but it's the first time sometimes when you get those wireframes together that someone is seeing, here is everything. Here's all the steps. Everything's here. Um, yeah. And that's an interesting thing to go through. Uh, it was it was, it was was super cool for me, to be honest with you, because um, when I was doing it, like we, we talk about it every week almost. People have an idea. They come into you guys. They just have an idea. Right. right, and you're like, okay, you're trying to picture this idea. You're trying to to, to make it real, mm-hmm. but without the the, I guess the founder having a a real solid idea, it's it's more difficult. So when I sat down and and did my wireframes, like it was a real it was a real ownership moment in time in terms of like, oh my god, this is coming to life now, and this is how you think it, you know, this is how it could work, and this is what this is what these are the things that you want on it, yeah. and then Adam comes in and. Rooms it. Slims it, slims it right down. Yeah, I, I think um, improves it. <laughs> I think one of the interesting things uh, about about wireframes is that they find so many things that don't exist if, if it's only in your head, right? Mm-hmm. So you uh, take, for example, an app, right? You're, you you have an idea of an app you want to build, and you have all these things. How many people take settings into account? Oh, yeah. Right, and then all of a sudden you start writing it. You know, or drawing whatever you're doing. It's just and a button. Like it's it's just a button. Right, but then he's like, okay, oh, well, I'll put it here. It's like, what does it do? Uh, you know, right? Yeah. So there's so many things like that. It's like, how do you log out? And it's like, 
That's you know, the question people, that drives everyone nuts. I'm so tired of that. I was so tired of that question. So where's the login? I'm, and in my head, I'm always like, upper right-hand corner. Right. You know, like, but. So, so until you get it down on paper, it's very hard to have a, a full and comprehensive view. So wireframes are great. It works in both ways. If the founder is a bit more technically minded, again, like you're saying, the login stuff, you just take things for granted. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe if the defender isn't, there's just yeah. things they're thinking about. It works both ways. It's just to actually have the thing on paper and get sure. people looking at it. And again, that's kind of where our workshops come back into it. That's the, the kind of things we'll go through in a week with you. Um, if it's something you'd be more comfortable doing in a big group setting with a lot of people, it's really a, a key thing to, to go through. Okay. Thanks to Adam and Chris for joining me here today. No yeah, thanks for having us. Not far for me to come. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk to you guys soon. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bytecast. If you want to find out more about 8Bytes, you can talk to us on 8Bytes.ae. The next episode will go live in two weeks and you can find all the episodes on bytecast.fm. Thanks for joining us.